When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while travelling and using public Wi-Fi I keep coming back to that anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about so all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free completely risk free I urge you to do it Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and as always I am your host. Well, fuck. Join <laughs> This week to look back over a very painful Sunday at the League Cup final is first of all Ross Hutton. Uh, hi David, I'd say it's a pleasure to be here, but it isn't, but thanks for having me on. And reprising his role as wheel him out when we get beat, it's Martin Ramsey. In this world of turbulence, David, it's always good to have some consistency and keep things straight. Um, yeah, I am always pleased to be here, but uh, yeah. This might not have the energy and gusto of other podcasts, I think it's fair to say. Energy and gusto, that would have been nice yesterday. Yes, Rangers won Celtic 2 at Hamden, and unlike the team, let's go balls out from the start. Martin, Michael Beale picked the wrong team. He then, for some reason, didn't change it at halftime, even though it was screaming out and demanding it. He got the tactics wrong, and then... His final mistake was he took off Morelos just mm. as he got a goal and was starting to, to really buzz and get into them to put on Cholak, who is ineffectual as a substitute. He had an absolutely horrendous day at the office yesterday. He did. Uh, it's hard to be too critical of him over the piece, the, the, the few months he's, he's, he's been here because the results have been positive. And, um, well, that's what Rangers are all about, even though we've all known that we've played in fits and starts and really only time castle was the 90 minutes and then how much of that was Robbie Nielsen and his weird approach to that particular night. So there's, there's been some kind of cagey um, but um, sensible um, appraisal, I think, of, of Buke's start. But he hasn't made any huge errors uh, until, until yesterday. Um, I don't know where you were when you heard the, the, the team... Um, but our bus was taken aback. A wee bit. Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. the, the the phrase. I was in Hamden and I'd got into Hamden just about two and had no reception outside. So I, I had some reception when I got in for some reason. And I saw the team and I'm kind of looking through it. And, oh, yeah, Tillman's back. Fair enough. But I'm like, we're asking. Um, yeah. But I think it was, on the, it, was, it, was in the, it was in the air. I mean, it wasn't a complete shock. It had been kind of discussed, hadn't it? Look, 
Is he match fit for this kind of game? Um, is he up to speed? Is it too much to ask of him and can't well, young players, blah, 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 blah. So that, that was the conversation. So it, it wasn't an absolute stunner, but it was still a disappointment because I think all of us, or certainly most of us, wanted to see him there, at least start. There were huge concerns about Tillman and his fitness. So if he was on the periphery, keep him on the bench. Yeah, but I, I and if you, if you get half an hour, so here's the I, thing, so, right? Yeah. It, 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 here's the thing about the team selection, right? I'll bring you in on this as well, Ross. Every Rangers fan that I spoke to before the game and chats, whatever, right? Family texting me. Every Rangers fan said the same thing. They expected what they got from Lundstrom and Kamara. That's the issue that I have. Yeah. I don't know. And he said, well, you know, they played well in the last Old Firm game. They played well for a half. And, and that uh, was months ago. It's that, just not... that was months ago. And they, they, they did well at Tynecastle. That is irrelevant. Every other game yeah. in Scotland is irrelevant to an Old Firm game. Um, Lundstrom has looked all season like he's towing a caravan. Um, same again yesterday. And Kamara. You get one guy. I don't have... Geo was the same. There's a fascination with the guy. And it's... You get one good game in eight or nine at him, and the rest of the time you get. I mean, that the first Celtic goal yesterday, he, he's just jogging at Moyes, totally free, and he just leaves him to it. Um, yeah. And that's what you get from him. He's dozy at the best of times, even when he's in form, he's always capable of that. But he's completely checked out. And yeah, Ross, I, I, I just thought that it, it sucked the air out of the Rangers support before it because. There is, for me as a football fan, there's nothing worse than when us as football fans, as laymen, say, oh, this is going to happen if we do that. And then the manager goes for it and it does go exactly like that because it does leave you, it damages your trust in the manager because you're, you're going, well, if we could all see that, why couldn't you? You mentioned sucking the air out of the support and that's exactly the phrase that I was about to use. I was in the pub around from Hamden before the game yesterday and you know, getting up to two o'clock and the team being announced, it started to get a wee bit more rowdy. They were singing. Everyone was in really good spirits. Everyone was was confident. They were believing. And then it was as if someone had just burst a balloon at exactly two o'clock when that team dropped in. We're all asking the exact same types of questions. So you're going into a game like that against Celtic, who are the toughest team that we will face domestically with a midfield on paper before we get into the actual proper logistics of it. That is, what, one third fit? Really, with, with Kamara in there, you've got Lundstrom who hasn't kicked a ball in ages because he's not fit and, like you say, has looked as though he's been towing a caravan all season. Looked like that again yesterday, especially for their first goal. Tillman, who, as, as we've mentioned, was touching goal for the game anyway, but it seemed to be put into the side just to you know, have that creative spark in that midfield. I'm not necessarily against that because I'd always want Malik Tillman on the park. But you could see the fact yesterday that he wasn't fit, especially when Celtic were trying to hit him in the first couple of minutes just to test that out for themselves. Mm. And you've got Glenn Kamara. Now, you mentioned there, Glenn Kamara's an enigma at the best of times because we as fans are certainly not seeing what successive managers are seeing now in Glenn Kamara. Even when he fell out of form after the 55 season, which is not something I want to be harking back to, but you had Gerard continue to play him, Geo trusted him, and now Michael Beals came back in and trusted him again. We had a discussion on the site about Glenn Kamara a couple of weeks ago, David, and I think we both were in agreement that he should no longer be at Rangers past the end of this season. But managers all around the world, this is not exclusive to Michael Beal, trust footballers. They have to have members in their team that they trust. And for some reason, Glenn Kamara continues to be that guy that managers just seem to come in and trust implicitly. But the downfall of that is when you're going to play him ahead of players who possibly deserve to be in that team and form, you're going to get performances and the level of performances that we got yesterday. And if that's what you're going to, if that's, if that's the hill, so to speak, you want to die on, then hell will mend you for that. We might be a wee bit. Sorry, Martin, sorry Davey. Uh, we, we're just right. We're football fans. We might be guilty of having the PhD in hindsight here, okay? Even though a lot of us were, were disappointed and, and raised concern at the time. That's fine. The manager obviously works with these players. We don't. He knows what the mood's like in training. We don't. Okay, that's a managerial prerogative. My biggest issue is half time. How on we will earth, come to that. We, we how will on come to earth that. does he think that that can just be changed with a chat? Mm. Um, now maybe he, he looks back to the Ibrox game where he didn't make a change and Rangers did look a different team 
at the start of the second half. So maybe he just believed in his his, his powers of of inspiration. Um, but that was so bad and so obvious. Uh, all the freedom that their key men in the middle of the park were getting. I don't think Callum McGregor had to do one thing with first touch for that first hour. Um, and to not even make one change. I know making three at any time is, is, is big and it's logic, quite risky, yeah. but I, th- that that's negligence. I mean, I, I cannot, I could not believe at the time that they, he, he was he was just hoping for some half-time oranges and a, and a bit of a G up. Um, that That's the biggest issue. And then, you know, you're coming to the Morelos thing as well, which is one of those kind of in-game things that were a wee bit puzzling as well. Uh, but that, that was the key one. How on earth do you watch that 45 minutes and see that, that it needs it needs different personnel, not just a, a conversation. If I had a script, you would have ripped it up there and just ruined the running order. We, we, we're, we're fast and loose, David. We know where we're... Well, that, that's true, that's true. But uh, be, you know, before we get, and we will get to that, um, in a bit, I think you've covered it pretty well, but I totally agree with you. Um, absolutely baffling that at half-time he just sends them back out. And... Even more baffling was, of course, they start slowly and then Lindstrom gets booked uh, and then Kamara gets booked and then he acts and it's like, what what were you expecting? What did you think you were going to get from them? But uh, the tactics uh, in the first half, Ross, I thought we looked set up for containment and I thought that we would have learned that against Celtic, you have to grasp the nettle, so to speak. You've got to go for it. You've got to be brave. You've got to push. We set up to contain. Whenever we we broke forward, it tended to be from a long ball up. We played far too many long balls. Celtic have big centre halves who won the vast majority of them. And even then, I thought that we the whole game were dreadful at second ball. Absolutely dreadful at it. I couldn't agree more. Um, it was a source of immense frustration around me in the stands. I don't know how it was around you boys, but any time, especially in that first 20 minutes where we would get we'd win the ball back from Celtic in their own half and then look to just try and hit Sakala or indeed Morelos just to try and win a knockdown of which we won, I think, zero in that time. And I think it's immensely frustrating because we've mentioned it all before. We can't set up to contain the Celtic side. We don't have the players to do it. We we're very limited in that way in that way. We've seen that at Ibrooks as well. We've seen it at Parkhead earlier on in the season. It doesn't work for us. So we're going back to retry failed solutions to old problems and we're gonna get the same sort of results. Now yesterday within that kind of first twenty minutes, like I said, you're setting up to contain Celtic and doing absolutely nothing with the ball when you have it. So you're just trying to almost suck up waves after waves of pressure, which will eventually tell and I think the immense source of frustration for me is you did see on those small pockets of the game yesterday, not just limited to after the three substitutions, but the small pockets before it where we did actually try and play some football. We were getting some joy out of mm. it. There was a period in that first half where we did look quite threatening, and that's because we were doing all the things right, not just getting Sakala running with our pace and behind them, but actually getting Ryan Kent on the ball, those kind of dangerous players trying to play through Malik Tillman as well. And we were getting some degree of joy out of it, but... This is not a new thing that we've seen with this Ranger side either. That when we don't get the goal, we will just fall back on those old solutions to you know problems that don't work. And I think for me, that's the most frustrating thing about that because obviously the Celtic back four, you get players in there like Carl Starfield, who isn't a fantastic player on the ball. He is quite limited, and we've seen that again yesterday. But when he was on the ball, we had no pressure going to him at all. I think we all spoke about him as a possible pressing trigger for the team. It didn't seem like that way whatsoever. We're happy to let them have the ball and just come at us. And again, when you're willing to do that, then you're going to get punished for it, which we did. Hearts kicking yesterday was awful, but we didn't put him under any pressure. And even then, he was making mistakes. And and it it just seems so obvious for the stands of, right, lads, there you go. There's your trigger there. But nobody bothered with it. And that was, again, another source of frustration. And look, Celtic are a good side, I admit that, right? Painful as it is to say. But they weren't at the best yesterday. This was not a brilliant performance from them. I can't even hide behind that. Um, even though it would be a fairly flimsy defence. But they were still better than us. And that, I think, is the issue because I think that our approach was was totally wrong. Still, you need to concede the goal. And when we did, uh, we made sure it was a doozy. First of all, um, midfielders don't track their runners. And you're going to get punished against a side who've got good runners if you don't do that. Kamara, as I say, is dawdling. Lundstrom just can't get back. Physically doesn't have the legs to do it. It comes down the right. And as, as we know, Tav does not 
have an effect on crosses coming out of the box. It's, it's just a fact. It's a regular thing and it's happened for years now. The ball comes in. Martin, can compare and contrast when we worked a similar move to uh, Tillman, Carter Vickers goes right in, just throws himself at it for the block, gets it away. If you watch that go back, Davis is just standing there next to Kyogo, doesn't attempt one, and of course doesn't do anything to prevent the goal. We talk about in goals conceded points of failure. I, I've counted six in that one. And there's probably more. Um, you know when you've gone through a kind of bad experience life, a kind of traumatic event, and you see it uh, in your you, the back of your mind and dreams or, or, or whatever, um, I've seen that goal 20 times at least in different games, big games, obviously Seville being the biggest. Um, different players even, although the same culprit's still involved at some um, some level. Um so this is what three managers, and it's still a structural issue. Um, and it, I, it, you're just it's sick seeing the same same thing. Uh, we we don't deal with it well in various areas of the team, and it looks so simple, doesn't it? Um, as an attacking force, it looks so simple. Uh, we got into as you, you you correctly mentioned that that little spell in the middle of the first half, we we got into similar positions. Um but they were simply more aggressive in defending. And I still think they lack that bit of composure, that bit of execution under pressure. We will talk about that in the second half a few times. But that's really it. And that final third for us, um, we, we don't have that, that, that same execution and we don't have the same intensity um, in a kind of defensive setup as well. It just happens so, so often in in big moments and big games. Um, so, you know, you can lose a cup final, right? Like 2019, um, where you can be furious, but, you know, th- th- there's something to take out of it. Or, or you can, there's, there's individual moments where you can kind of look at, but that that's, that's such a consistent problem. That's where fans get sick because they've seen it. They could see it happen. And we could, we knew for five minutes before that goal was scored something like that's going to happen because Kyogo missed a, a sitter not long before he it. Did. And the boy behind me who had said about six times that he's overrated and he's pissed and this, that and the other. And my cousin and I kept looking around and said, do you want, do you want to stop saying that? Because you know what's going to happen. Uh, and of course it did. We, you could feel it. I thought you didn't it, do superstition. Uh, uh, it's not superstition. It's just you, he is going, you, you, how many chances do you want someone to get? That was more the thing. He had to do three or four opportunities or three or four moments. Um, he's probably going to get another. He won't keep missing. And he didn't. No, you, you keep giving good players opportunities. They'll eventually, they'll eventually punish you. So into the second half, Ross, Martin's made his feelings clear. I, I, very little to I couldn't believe it. I genuinely couldn't believe that we were going with the same 11. Um, certainly run about me and Hamden people were this this is extraordinary this is just you know the why um the idea that the guys who as I say look one checked out one doesn't look fit enough to do the role he's been asked to do in Lundstrom and, and the third one who is clearly not match fit how are they going to get better the longer the game goes on it just doesn't make any sense it's funny you saying you couldn't believe it. Um, the guy stand, standing beside me at Hamden yesterday came down about 30 seconds into the second half, just back to the toilet and turned around to me and went, right, who's he changed? And I went, mate, nobody. And he, he looked as though I'd slapped him personally when he said when I said that to him. He could not believe it and nobody could for that reason. And I, I echo completely what yourself and what Martin have said there. I can just about accept that from time to time the manager is going to make bad calls. Now, that's a hell of a time to do it yesterday. But on the odd occasion, he's going to get the starting 11 wrong. We're all human at the end of the day. We're all going to make mistakes in our jobs. And all managers what I really do it, struggle, what, Yeah, what I really struggle to balance, though, is when you have the opportunity to fix those mistakes and not taking them, that's what really kind of grinds with me. Because you're right, we could all see it. From two o'clock onwards, we could all see it. What was going to transpire with that midfield three in the first half? And watching it for 45 minutes, having the problem stare you in the face and get punished for that problem and not taking the opportunity to change it, it's just 
beyond negligent is borderline unforgivable. Now, we will move on from this. Michael Beale has to learn. But the problem is that is that we are in the position as fans that we were not in in 2018 because we've seen mistakes from Gerard for starting 11. You know, if, if you want to compare the two. We were almost a wee bit more um, inclined to give the benefit of the doubt then because of the situation we were in as a club, the situation the, the squad was in as a team. Michael Beale is not getting afforded that same level of the benefit of the doubt. He was there, he was learning on that journey with them. So I don't think we as fans are going to be as forgiving for mistakes like that. And he dropped the ball massively yesterday on three or four different occasions. And like I say, I can accept one mistake being made from the management team. I cannot accept just derelicting your duty and not actually fixing that mistake. That grinds on me a lot more. Yeah, I can handle mistakes. Don't like them, but I can handle them. Not fixing them, no. That That is, as you say, then it's, we need to question what you were saying or what you think you were saying. Um, people point now, to... Now, to be fair to the manager, David, sorry, he, we have seen this before from Bill Wheel. can get the players in a half-time, give them a bit of a G-up and they can come yeah. out absolutely flying. We've seen it in the old firm at Ivers, We've seen it too often. For example, we've seen that's it part of the United. problem. But yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. We can't always be no. reliant on that because it's not always going to work. That that wee chat half-time, the kick up the arse, whatever the conversation is, we are not party to. That's not There's a geo thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was, there's yeah. only so it's many times team. you can pull a rabbit out of a hat. Yeah. I, it's the squad and Uh, last week at the pre-match press conference I actually said to Tav about this team seemed to need a setback to get going and he said yeah we don't basically we don't know why that is we don't want to start like that but we keep doing it 23 times this team has fallen behind in the last calendar year 23 now that would be unacceptable for shite like Aberdeen or Motherwell it's certainly not acceptable for us no, no, quite right. <laughs> Sorry, on you go, Martin. My apologies. But I, 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 yeah, so so here we have a squad issue, and this was prevalent at the end of of Gerard, of course. But it was getting to a bit of a joke just before he left. The amount of times that that we would fall behind and then have to come back and uh, win or or snatch a point or whatever. Um, and and I I was in that press conference with with you um, after the Thistle game, David. I presume that's the one you mean. No, um, this was the the one at. The, the pre-cup final one at, at the RTC last week. Okay, well, someone had, had had asked him pretty much the same question after Thistle. Um, and he, he was talking about, yeah, kind of danger of, of wrestling on the laurels. Um, I mean, that's for a, a team that's won four titles in the spin to get worried about, you know what I mean? When when the, 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 the juices have kind of um, dried up a wee bit and they're just a wee bit complacent, a wee bit lazy. This team have no laurels on which to rest. Um, but it, you're right, it does happen. They don't start. They do need a reset. And that came from Gerard. It, came from, it was consistent through Geo as well. Um, the amount of times they either needed half-time or in Europe, extra time, um, just to, to get new message or the same message or, or whatever the hell it was. Um, and that speaks to being unable as a group to be empowered, to be able um, to affect change themselves. What are the captains? And I, I, I use that word, plural because it's not about an armband it's about you know senior members of the team what are they doing in game to change things where's the communication this is what we're going to do blah 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 that's what i think is 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 missing with this rangers team and i know you're dangerously in in kind of that territory around leadership and and what have you but it's true i don't i I never really see it enough um they, 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 they do tend to need that and as i said the the Beal thing um, at halftime, he, he can only have been, I guess, relying on what he, what he's done before, especially at, at Ibrox. Um, and we were disappointing in that first half at Ibrox. We were a bit flat at Tanadice, but we weren't that bad. I mean, that, that that was so bad that it clearly was not just going to be, as I said, a conversation, um, a Lucas or whatever, and, and, you know, back out, boys. It was... It, it needed new personnel. It wasn't working. And I... Was that wee brief moment of hope during halftime where there were players out in the pitch and Raskin wasn't there? You're like, oh, maybe he's getting you know his instructions and you know blah, blah, blah. He's maybe just getting a, a bit of conversation and he's going to come out pretty much stripped with just a, a bib on or whatever. And then he kind of came out with the, the tracking on that, for goodness sake. So, I... Yeah, uh, it, it was doable. It was salvageable. It was because we we were, as Ross said, we were getting a bit of joy. Um, but 
the 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 issues were clear and and listen, they were fixed. Just too late. Yeah, well, uh, I was going to say earlier, Michael Beale would point to in terms of his and did in terms of justification for no changes at half time yesterday. He said, "Well, Ryan Kent's hit, hit the post, and Sakala should bury the rebound, and then it's one one." Yeah, okay, but they didn't, uh, and it wasn't. And by the time the subs do come on, it's two 0 and it's a mountain, and Celtic can set, which is exactly what they did, just set in a defence and, and hit on the break. And, you know, we were always, always going to struggle with that. On the Sakala chance, Ross, um, one of the things I dislike most is people who chat shit and can't back it up. Hmm. And if you're going to give the sort of interviews that Fashion Sakala gave last week, you have to be absolutely brilliant the next game. You have to win, but at least you personally have to be absolutely brilliant. And he was not. He was most assuredly not. And sometimes in in lesser matches, he he does get you goals, there's no doubt about it. But I'm getting a little bit fed up with, well, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. That was a big game and he was atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, putting it politely, um, I think we all said it certainly during the week when he was giving those kind of interviews. And listen, you can have a bit of banter and laugh it off, but you're you're right. You need this is to not back... about, by the way, just in case yeah. anyone's, it's not about the other mob thing. That's fine. That's you know, but you're perfectly entitled to do that. But when you start giving it, we're a better team than them. Yes, even though they're nine points clear. You know, I. I because it's happened to us when we've been clear, and I think it's ridiculous. So I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't think it's ridiculous when we did it. We're clearly not a better team than them. And that's the thing. I, I don't really know anyone. People might disagree with us, but I personally don't know anyone who listened to that section of his interview and went, oh, no, he's talking a lot of sense there. Because um, we don't have anything to back that up. The league table doesn't lie at the end of the day. Now, on that chance yesterday, it's an absolute nonsense, but it speaks to a wider point about fashion Sakala and something that I'm getting a wee bit sick of now. When when Bill came in, he was clearly playing through the purplest of purple patches imaginable, right? He was playing incredibly well, scoring goals, being involved. Fantastic, love that. But I'm getting a wee bit tired of the sugar or shite thing with fashion Sakala and it's a source of immense frustration because he clearly has ability. Some of the finishes that he's displayed at Rangers have been of the top drawer, but so, so few and far between. And then you're right, when you put in the kind of level of performance that he did yesterday after giving it all the bigging in the week preceding up to the game, then you're just going to make you and everyone else around you look a wee bit daft, which is exactly what he done. The chance completely epitomised what you get from Fashion Sakala, which can often be rash, chaotic decision-making now when Fashion Sakala gets the ball, <laughs> Fashion Sakala doesn't even know what he's going to do with it. And that's half the problem. We need more composure in the final third. Celtic had that yesterday and they were clinical with it. When we got it, we weren't. And that was the fundamental difference yesterday. Yeah, Michael Bill talks a lot about chaos in the final third, Martin. And I get what he means, but it has to be controlled chaos. It needs to be chaos that you've mastered. Uh, I presume he means chaos for the defending team. <laughs> yes. Um, where we exploit that by being the opposite of chaotic. Um, because that it, it is chaos, but it's good for everybody. And that was that was the Celtic box anytime we were involved in it. The goal being a prime example of that. Um that it's kind of somehow uh, we 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 managed to get it. It was one of those where it kind of hit the back of the net, and I wasn't quite sure. Just maybe where I was sitting, that has that gone in? So it was just such a mess. Um but there was there were a few chances, of course. Fashion's being the, the kind of most obvious one, but yeah, we 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 just don't we just lack that 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 coolness of execution again, and and this is maybe what I'm I'm a wee bit worried about with respect to his, his defence of of the halftime thing, David. You mentioned the other the Kent chance and and what have you, right? Aye, that that could have happened. And yesterday, let's say Tav or Borna pop one of those free kicks or that free kick in the top bag as they've done each what you know once in the last three games or whatever it's not outside the realms of possibility and it's 2-2 and then it's a 20 minute cup final whatever it was and let's say somehow a deflection or whatever Rangers win we have a great night we've won the cup <laughs> and we'd all be talking about you know this is a new resolve and it's, it's you know go back to the semi-final at hand and blah 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 or is it just kind of 
paper over the cracks is just on the day something happens but structurally you've got to be surely got to be looking for more than just pouncing on an opportunity surely there's got to be something more cohesive because watching them yesterday they know what they're doing yeah and they're they're all in sync with that and we are not and you can get away with it on a day of course you can um you know from cup finals as rare as they are they tend to be close very rare actually for there to be more than one goal in it because of the tension um, and tension leads to mistakes and you're right about Starfield and, and Hart whatever they, they were there to be got at as I said let's say in that 20 minutes they are got at and you know we we end up winning we'd maybe be kidding ourselves about just kind of where we were because I just don't see that cohesion now I think in defence of the manager I, I, that was never going to be evident after two or three months anyway um, he, he does need the summer but I, I just worry guys that that that's too simplistic and it's it doesn't work like that in football it doesn't work like that at Rangers and and this isn't it's obviously nothing like Pedro but there was a wee bit of that I'm trying things out just whatever and we'll get to the summer and then it's a, it's a blank slate don't get a blank slate here nope and that's that's a problem. You have a hangover, not just to the the, the the six months that you are finding your feet and trying this out and just try to keep things going. That's what he said in his RTV interview, didn't he? He's he's just trying to build some consistency and just familiarity and just get through to the end of the season. But you'll see a different Rangers team next season, kind of thing, um, which is fair enough. But it, it doesn't when you get defeats like that, they 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 don't disappear. No, they June. leave a mark. No, they don't. And, they're, they're, not, they're not ones you can just reset on. And especially when it's not just his defeats that are the issue. The, the banners last week. Um, there's a whole weight hanging around the club that, that is going to suffocate any any kind of long term thinking, which has never been a, a thing at Rangers anyway. Even at the best of times, as you know, we've been looking at over the last year. Let alone now, when people are starving and fed up and hungry for. For, for genuine success and sustained success. Um, there can be no long-term plan because there's no patience. And that, that, that is an issue for any manager. Um, but that, that's, that's tough. That's that's just the way it is. Yeah, and uh, well, to, to paraphrase uh, an old Ramones line, um, second goal, same as the first. And exactly the same errors, exactly the same things, players not doing what you need them to do, and boom, we're two down. Um, we rally, of course. Alfredo gets a goal, a neat finish from him. And then, I just do not understand this one at all. He takes off Chola, he takes off Morelos, who I admit, by the way, is nowhere near what he used to be, and hadn't had a particularly great game, but he's just scored, he's flying, He's he's got his dander up. We take him off and we put on Cholak. Now, Cholak, for all his qualities, one thing that we haven't seen from him, Ross, so far, in any match, him making an impact as a substitute, it hasn't happened yet at all. I get chucking him on, by the way, with 10 minutes to go, but alongside Morelos, when you're desperate for a goal, to make the change then was just wrong, and again, it derailed our momentum. Killed us. Absolutely killed us. Stone dead, and... I have been incredibly critical of Morelos, not just this season, but throughout his time at Rangers as well. But you don't take him off yesterday, not after getting that goal. And I think especially in a, in a moment like that, where you can start to see that we are building some kind of momentum in that moment. Celtic were nervous, and I think you could tell it with their fans as well, because they weren't singing either. You could feel the tension coming from the stands, pouring onto the pitch and on top of those Celtic players. You're building that level of momentum. Don't change it. Now, we've seen it from managers before in the past where the brave thing to do is often just not to put your hand in the pocket, not to shuffle the deck, so to speak, and just try and let things play out. The time to do that was not at half time when they tried it, and then the time to let that happen and just oh, let yeah. things run and yeah. see how they were, he got that wrong as well. So again, that comes back to Michael Beale getting the big moments wrong and the big decisions incorrect. But I think you're absolutely spot on. In that moment, Morelos was causing them a whole host of problems, especially with his work off the ball. I thought, I actually thought yesterday he did a lot of the dirty work really well, to be honest, just trying to at least win knock-ons in second balls. We got nowhere near any of them, but he was at least trying to do his bit. And then he gets that goal. You mentioned there he's flying. I don't know why you would want to kill the team's momentum or indeed his. And you've seen it as well. we all seen it, how visibly angry he was at being taken off kicking that, um, that drinks bottle as well. 
and no wonder we actually had a very good view of it as well where I was standing at Hamden and I said that to my uncle who I was standing with no wonder he's angry because we were all just as angry with him because I think at that moment it completely killed Stone Dead any of the good things that we were trying to do in that second half which was fairly limited and it completely neutered any sort of presence we had up front and put a lot of the onus on the players like Sakala and Cantwell to make things happen because one thing you can say about Alfie is his work off the ball is tremendous and he can bring others into play. Jolak's a completely different kind of striker. And I think in that moment you want a player like there, like Morelos, or like you say, if you're going to bring Cholak on, put Cholak on with Morelos so Morelos can maybe fashion a chance for Cholak. And a cup final like that, when you're chasing the game, when it really is all on the line, I don't know why you were going possibly into your own attack like that. It just the mind baffles, honestly. Yeah, it was a it was a stunner. The only one thing I would add about that, I mean, Morelos's goal obviously fires him up, but I think he came even more alive after it, which was the introduction, obviously, of the subs, because you had Cantwell far more involved, far more energetic, far more further forward, Raskin the same. So he had players closer to him in that spell between the goal and his substitution than he had for the, the rest of the match, when he was too often kind of isolated. I don't think he was particularly good in the first half. I accept Ross's point, he was working hard, but still, I mean, he was the one supposedly sitting on McGregor. As I said, McGregor had the freedom of hand, and so that didn't work. But he came alive just because he had guys centrally near him and actually playing passes with purpose. Raskin very early on took a touch, turned a man, and immediately played the ball forward. Correct. And everyone just went, that's all we've wanted. It's all we've yeah, wanted for about four years. But, yes. but, it, but it, so it's always wanted just for, for that afternoon. And that's when that's when you start to think, right, this could actually happen here. We maybe left it too late, but you, you never know. We could at least fashion extra time. And you're absolutely right that it ended there because my recollection anyway, they just more long balls. It was more yeah, direct. Yeah. And that was it. We we skipped out that. the guys who we we skipped out the guys who had talent, and also then in terms of just to to sort of round off uh, a rather shitty recipe, um, the last ten minutes in injury time we made it very easy for Celtic by a combination oh, of things: one, wrong decision making; two, that reluctance we've seen from too many of them um, over the years of I don't want to give the ball away, so therefore I'm not going to try anything. I'm going to keep it safe. And the last few minutes just seemed to go of players getting rid of the ball. There was one point where Tavernier puts in a cross. There's four Celtic players and Todd Cantwell in the box. That's just giving the ball away. That's that's just you know that that's that's just giving the ball back. You might as well turn and, and kick it out for a goal kick. Um, then we we saw you know we'd have a throw in and it would go back to Borna. He'd look up, everyone's covered, so he turned around and knocked it to McGregor. He looks up, everyone's covered, so he hits it long. Um, we were still bad at second ball, as we've been mentioning. And Celtic, then we then do the cardinal sin in football, that, and this is to me rank unprofessionalism of starting to give away stupid fouls. Of there's you know Celtic players a ball, we run up and pull them. What do you think they're gonna? Do? What would you do if it was the other way around? You drop and you get the free kick. So you can moan about the ref, but it's a foul. You know you're gonna give it away, and we made it very easy for them to play at time, and of course they had opportunities on the break and really should have added to their tally. So here we are, and it's a tough one to take because you can obviously, there's, it's not great when you lose one of these games ever, right? But there's ways to lose. And yeah, you, you still end up with the same stuff, but there's nothing, no positives to take from that yesterday. There's there's nothing you can hang your hat on yesterday. Um, it was the disaster of a day for the players, for the manager. Uh, they all had nightmares. It really was that bad. Moving on then, Martin. Now, over the years, I've defended some of the players, but I have also been saying this year that this is the watershed summer. A lot of them have to go. There's no doubt that baked throughout that squad is a mentality of we tried our best and they cope with disappointment too easily. Now, in terms of the playing ability, that is one thing, but you can't point to that squad and say it's full of winners because it isn't. The evidence is too much now. It's stacked up. We cannot say that. Too many of them have too many losses in the column. So in the summer... We absolutely need... That's why we needed Raskin and Cantwell to be playing yesterday because they were brought in to add much-needed freshness. 
there's a lot of guys who've been really good servants to Rangers, been worth the money we've paid for them, have done their very best, but there comes a time where it's, thanks for your service, here's a carriage clock, by. We've had 10 million quid of our year's budget sitting in the stand all season, either through injury or not being good enough. That's on Wilson. The fact that he's still there is on the board. And if the board, who did try to just get away with it the past two summers, can't see that this squad need revamped, then the protests are just going to get louder and louder and they'll deserve every single one of them. Because if you can't see now that this squad has ran its race, then I'm sorry, you shouldn't be running a football club. Uh, Yeah, a a big summer for Rangers. Big changes required. Where have I heard that? Oh, every summer since we came back up to the, 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 the top league again. Um, we see it all the time. I, I'm not sure, to be honest, how many would disagree inside the club. Um, I mean, you, the, the carriage clock thing—that that's well and good. You need someone to be taking them, and that has been the perennial problem that we we shout from the rooftops about how bad our players are, and then are amazed that we can't sell them. There's um, a good few at contract in the summer. Well, this is this is a different story, of course. There are one of whom you probably don't want to get rid of at least one. Um, so that that is an issue. Um, our injured players, or certainly the perennial injured ones, I saw someone talking about Kamar Roof and just, you know, uh, pay up his contract and get rid of him. Well, what does that do? You'd be paying him anyway. And now you want, him to, you want us to, to, to pay that in a lump sum when you're going to have to pay him because you're, no one's going to buy him. It is frustrating. But, 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 I mean, but you might get... Right. Achilles now has yeah. injuries. Uh, and I'm one of course that it is. will say when people go, oh, a guy's always injured, and I'll say, well, you know, it's not their fault. But in Ruth's case... It, oh, it, I think there's something deeper there. There's a point of suspicion, and we're well... Pa- it's He comes back, he plays a game, we don't see him for weeks. He comes back, he plays a game, we don't see him for weeks. It's ridiculous. He yeah, cannot yeah. be that fragile. He couldn't walk places without hurting himself yeah, if he was that fragile. But, okay, so we, we have a need for a, a, a revamp and a refresh and whatever else. Okay. Um, how much is that going to cost? Where's the money coming from? And who's making the decisions about, you know, choices of players? Let's say we, you know, we do shift some space on the wage bill and, and, and the, 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 the squad um, numbers. Um, I'm not overly convinced that we, we get it right. We spent a fair bit this summer, not as much as we expected. Um, and he get the likes of Matondo, who was that. That's been a a, a big flop. Um, but where is this? Where is the external investment coming from? We spent what thirty million or something over the last three years. Celtic spent that this season. So there's a gap to be bridged. How, how do we do that? Because you, I'll criticise the board on, on many things. What I promised myself when King came back in 2015 or whatever is that I wouldn't, it was something I did in the 90s a lot but I was a teenager then I'll never ever complain that someone isn't using their own personal wealth to make me happier on a weekend because that is entitlement off the scale but it is their job to use what they have well and I'm not convinced they have and to try and see what they can to bring more in otherwise how does this happen? We need so many direct hits. We need luck that we just haven't seen at Rangers for a generation. Um, and that's that's a big ask. So it's either going to take a long time, or as I said, we're, we're going to be you know someone's going to come in with um, a wad of cash and everyone's going to be um, rosy. Even then, you know if you're I won Euro Millions, is financial fair play. I don't know how how simple that that is in, in any case. No, that um, is a factor. What I will say is, Martin, you, you, you can control your controllables. And of course you can, like and we, we say, haven't. Yeah. We've wasted money, right? We haven't spent yeah. well. Our wage bill is too high for what for the squad we have assembled. These are mistakes that someone yeah. should be responsible for. And, that's and there, is no, there, there is no accountability. And, and you, said, no, you mentioned a minute ago that it's it's easy to fail here. Yeah. And I think that's that's that is fair. And I, I know I've been criticised for being a, a wee bit too broad brush with this, but I always think you know you and I talk about in, in, in English clubs on on seagulls on a regular basis about just the general 
ethos of a club, the general state of a club, um, not necessarily just what's on the pitch, but but from from the top down, um, a general confidence and swagger and and belief and purpose and drive and ambition, vision. I'm not sure. That's really there. Yeah. I've asked plenty of times on this show, who's the leader at Rangers? On the pitch, off the pitch, who's something that, 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 that the support can kind of rally around and will and do believe that will take us somewhere? Um, I, and again, a lot of this comes down to logistics and, and, and who's prepared to, to stump up for what's required to, 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 to bridge that gap. And I think that's a lot um, easier said than done. Um, but until that happens, we're not, I wrote about this the other week, we're not quite ourselves yet. And, you know, we, we haven't been, uh, 2021 was a, uh, a much needed and much wanted um, um, victory, but it's looking like an aberration because one title does not get our structure back and our, our kind of um, culture of of demanding the best back because it needs to be again and again and again. It needs to be what's next. And I think you and I felt that summer at the start of the next season that that, 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 that was just still floating on that air rather than it's done. Where are we? Yeah. Well, and, and that, that's a cultural thing. thing yes. And, and if there's one thing to take from yesterday, Martin, it's that is gone. 2021. Michael Bill needs to stop referring yeah, yeah, to absolutely. it. The players need to stop referring to it. It's gone. It's a long time ago now. Ross, it is. Martin said it, that it's too easy to fail at Rangers. It's too comfortable. These guys have been there for years. It it should be the end of the world when Rangers lose a cup final. It's that simple. And I don't think for enough of them that it is. No, no. Because I think you've got a few players in there whose, whose heads are elsewhere and have been for a while. Um, that That's not any kind of criticism of the current management team. Even there's players who should have been moved in and out of that squad years ago, really. Players like Glenn Kamara, players like John Lundstrom, who should be nowhere near that kind of current squad. You get players like Alan McGregor, who who I th- actually thought had a decent enough game himself yesterday, but who is obviously going to retire in the summer. You've got other players in there who have just been in and around the fabric of what has, for all intents and purposes, on a large scale, been a losing Rangers side for far too long. Now, my kind of biggest concern from a management point of view, and you mentioned it earlier on, Martin, about his RTV interview and Michael Beagle saying that it's fine once I kind of get rid of these this squad of players and I get my own massive squad overhaul in the summer done. Don't worry, lads, expect something different next season. That's fine, but you're not going to have time to be able to display that because rightly or wrongly, people are going to have looked at another massive squad overhaul that happened across the city and see that it can be done in a season. Now, a lot of chips had to fall in the right places for them to go and win a league, but it happened. So Michael Beale's not going to get that element of time next year. For a lot of these existing players, they need to have a long, hard look at themselves and ask if they want to be at Rangers, and I don't think in their heart of hearts, no. And I think for a lot of this squad, losing has become almost part of a culture. And that odd wee triumph, whether it be 55, a European final or a Scottish Cup, that's, that's not the norm for a lot of these players. And I think there's far too much scar tissue there. The damage has been irreparably done now. I don't think it changes with this squad of players either. Not when we're seeing the same mistakes be made time after time after time yeah. over a yeah, concession of different managers as well. So what really needs to happen is the squad to be ripped up in the summer. But like all the points Martin mentioned, it might not work out like that. And the success rate that we demand to see as fans, about a 99% success rate, is what we're going to have to try and hit that's really not feasible it's probably not going to happen it's unrealistic to ask for so where does that leave us it leaves us in a place where we are probably looking at this kind of situation for at least the short term foreseeable future and i think that's what worries me because the longer we stay in this rut the longer we go without a sustained period of success the harder it is going to be to get back out of it and actually maintain this phrase that's been used a lot recently the standards the rangers football club it's going to get years it's going to take years get back to that on a relentless basis and it's a hard thing to say and it's a hard thing to admit but it's a reality that I do think we face and I think that's the thing that worries me going forward in the short term is there are no quick fixes here yeah. this is going to and take Ross, time that he's not going with, to be afforded and it's exactly without quick fixes then the pressure the expectation the demands because you know we're Rangers fans certainly Rangers fans of, of a particular generation will demand that because it's, it's what we've known 
And that means you don't get time and space and patience to, to have any kind of long-term plan. So it, it's a bit of a vicious circle there because we, we will not have a, we will not afford anyone a five-year plan, do we? No, no, we're close. No. So, <laughs> I it's, it, it's tough terrain because we, we demand success yesterday. That, that, that's, that's how, how it is. But as I said, without oceans of cash, I'm not sure that, that success instantly is ever really that feasible. Um, and, Equally, uh, and I might yeah. be, you know, come, I'm coming at it the other way and saying, maybe not, but we can be a damn sight closer to it than we are on what we're doing. The, of course. The reason Rangers are not successful this season is not entirely due to the fact that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, and yet nothing else ever changes. And that, to me, is, well, let's look at the what's happened in this period. This club is in love with a couple of years ago, and until it realises that that's done, it's gone, it's history. Um, the people at the club are very proud of that. That's great. When you retire, you can look back on it with great pride. I think we're all a bit sick of you looking back on it right now, yeah. um, because where we are currently is not where we need to be. And I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's a case of it being miles and miles away. I really don't, um, because I think that due to the nature of the league in which we play, there's one other club to beat. And therefore, uh, it is. Turned about. And I've seen it before with both Rangers and Celtic when people have said the opposition's years away for them and within a year because things happen in football. But we need to make our part of the bargain happen. And right now we're not doing that. And we do have too many guys at the club, not just in the playing staff, um, who enjoy it. It's a nice place to be. It's a nice place to work. And there's no consequences from not from not achieving success. Yeah, the, the isolated success isn't miles away. As I said, we could have won that cup final yesterday. There is, if Celtic have a a particularly bad year of injuries or whatever, our form, or they just get a bit complacent, we can win another title in the next two or three years. But that's not. I don't think that's what fans are talking about. It's regular consistent success it's being top dogs not just for 10 minutes but over the piece and that's where the culture and the structure of the clubs I think is far more relevant instead of the in the moment in the season um, situation where you've got so many variables at play um, and I think that's what we're a long way away from not, not winning a bit of silver because we've had two in the last two years um, but that just the the silverware we want on a consistent basis, I think takes it takes a lot more, and it's not evident at this moment where we and how how quickly we can we can get there. Right, folks, thank you very very much for joining us. Uh, I'd just like to thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles, and to thank my two guests this afternoon. First of all, Ross Hutton. Thank you very much, David, and Martin Ramsey. Thank you, David. Thank you, Ross. Great fun. <laughs> That's one word for it. Not, not the one I would choose. Right, folks, we will be back here next Monday on Heart and Hand. Until then, if you want to hear more from us, go to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Thanks very much for joining us. I'll speak to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>